This programme was produced at and first aired on NPR, Manawatu People's Radio, with support from New Zealand On Air. Kapai Irarangi Tomotu, NPR. If you're a fan of NPR, listening to our podcasts and live stream has never been easier. Just search for accessmedia.nz on the App Store or Google Play and download the app with the Kiwi Fruit logo. Once you've got it, pick Manawatu People's Radio from the list of stations and go find your new favourite show. Hello there, how you doing? And welcome to Irish Time here in the Manawatu uh, People's Radio and a happy, belated happy new year to all of you. And I hope you had a wonderful and peaceful and safe Christmas and a New Year break, etc., etc. And the weather's been sort of fickle, but I always find the weather in Manitou never picks up until the schools start back and, uh, you know, the university opens, etc., etc. Then we have Indian summers, you know, a bit more consistency, whereas we've had such really spectacular hot days. And then we've had some really, you know, quite cool days, you know, the wind in particular. But anyway, anyway, anyway. This is just Irish. This is all from you know Irish sources on uh, you know different radio stations, newspapers, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, and it's basically what's going on in Ireland. But we're not going to talk too much about COVID because it's like most other Western, uh, Eastern, Eastern European countries. It is getting pretty uh, hammered, you know, quite severely. But you know the death rate is down, but the number of people that are catching it is phenomenal, and it's, it causes problems of its own. You know, the nursing staff construction workers, transport workers, the whole gamut of, you know, employers or employees who are, uh, you know, crook, as it were, and just can't make work. And it causes a, that has a big impact on the rest of the, you know, life, really. Anyway, anyway, here we go. Uh, this is something that I find interesting, and I think it'll, one day it'll probably happen over here. The Republic of Ireland plans alcohol minimum pricing. Uh, it comes into effect. You know, that's their plan. It's done. A decision by the Republic of Ireland's government to introduce minimum unit pricing on alcohol has come into effect, like I said. The new law will affect alcohol sales in, uh, sold in licensees, uh, shops and supermarkets, you know, bars, etc., etc. Some retailers fear unless similar measures are introduced in Northern Ireland, there will be a surge across the border, um, those seeking cheaper booze. But I think the fact that, you know, COVID will have a bit of an impact on that with people stopped at the border, as it were. The government believes minimum pricing is a vital public health issue and it's a really important measure. The measures uh, aim to change dangerous patterns of alcohol behaviour with the intention of uh, deterring binge drinking. Under the new measures, a standard bottle of wine cannot be sold for less than $7, rather €7.40. That's £6.40, okay? And a can of beer... Uh, for less than a dollar seventy, that's one pound forty a can. And that's you know Guinness, beer, all sorts of alcoholic drinks. Spirits with a forty percent alcohol cannot cannot be sold for less than twenty euros at seventeen quid, and a seven hundred uh, bottle of whiskey, seven hundred um, milligrams, uh, can't be sold for less than twenty two euros. That's eighteen pounds. That's cheap, I think, for a bottle of whiskey. Anyway. The head of an alcohol addiction uh, treatment centre in London, Derry, believes minimum price, pricing should be an all-Ireland effect, an all-Ireland issue. Uh, Tommy Canning, who runs uh, the Northland Centre, called on the Northern Ireland Executive to look seriously at introducing similar legislation in Northern Ireland. 
And I agree, you gotta have it you can't have it, you know, two ways. You gotta it's one island. You have to have a you know, consistency. It throws up the issue of decisions that are made around health on one side of the border and the implications that they can they have on the other. Mr. Canning believes that the legislation in border areas may not have the, the desired effect as many people from the Republic could go across the border to purchase their alcohol at a cheaper rate. They used to do that centuries ago with uh, cigarettes, many, many, many decades ago. We welcome it in the in the round. Although I cannot, I would uh, like to see that with that, that with, with a minimum pricing, isn't the panacea for the, the damage and devastation that we see. We're talking about you know domestic violence. Accidents in the cars, and just general, uh, you know, disruption of the, you know, the community. This is only uh, part one part of the puzzle to help relieve and reduce alcoholism on the island of Ireland. Statistics from uh, I find this statistics from the country's revenue commissioner has indicated that alcohol consumption levels in 2020 were at 10.07 liters of pure alcohol per person only slightly down 6.6 on the previous year, despite the closure of many pubs and restaurants for a large part during uh, 2020. With COVID, everything was shut down and you know, really for quite some uh, length of time. Alcohol uh, consumption has remained at about 11 litres per person since 2015. Uh, that is equivalent of 116 bottles of wine or 445 pints of beer per adult, per adult every year. It's quite a lot, of. Uh, Scotland reduced minimum prices way back in 2018, and uh, it recorded some of its lowest levels of violence, etc., etc., due to alcohol in more than two decades. So hopefully Ireland will follow the lead of Scotland in sort of you know trying to get a grip on the the, the alcohol sort of issue because it is a big issue, and it's not as if they're trying to ban it, you know, ban it or a prohibition, but it's just got to be uh, you know it's got to be a certain price where people, you know, might knock some people out from ban it or pur- purchasing it and make them think twice before they go into the bar and, oh, let's go and have a few rounds. That might be, you know, they'll still go to the pub and pay, but they certainly possibly won't be drinking as much. Anyway, this is something that I'm interested in because I've got a, a cousin back in Belfast who uh, takes part in this. It's, a, it's called the Northwest 200. It's a road race, you know, motorbikes, and it's going to return after a two-year absence. Risk organisers have confirmed that the Northwest 200 International uh, will return to the calendar year in the calendar year uh, 2022 after a two-year absence. The event was cancelled in 2020 and 21 because of the pandemic. The race week will take place on the 8th to the 14th of May, with uh, Fona Cab and Nicholas Oils renewing their title sponsorship. Peter Hickman, Glenn Irwin, Dean Harrison and John McGuinness are among the riders who have already signalled their intention to complete, uh, compete at the race. The, the Northwest 200 meeting will be the first international road race to take place since all action at all the world's leading events came to a halt with uh, the onset of the coronavirus in 2020. That's interesting. You know, sort of the road racing is quite a, a, lot, a number of European countries have their own versions of it. The Isle of Man TT will also return to the international road racing uh, uh, schedule this year, while there is speculation that the Ulster Grand Prix may be back on the roster in August. That's a big one. I used to go to see the the Ulster Grand Prix when I lived in Belfast. It was, uh, you know, dumb draw. It was really, um, it was something different. 
Although the pandemic stopped the race action over the past two seasons, the management team of Coleraine and District Motor Club have been working hard to ensure the structures and support that underpin the North West have remained in place for the, uh, for the day when we will be able to make this announcement, he said. We are delighted to have retained the support of our loyal title sponsors as we plan to, to run, return one of Northern Ireland's major sporting attractions. We finally get uh, we finally get back. Glenn Irwin, one of the last four Superbike races to be staged over the 8.9 Triangle Circuit. Uh, welcome news of the event is absolutely fantastic news after you know, two years of uh, nothing. And... Uh, I find this of interest. This is Belfast Zoo, bird flu, you know what I mean? We've got enough there with COVID. Now the bird flu is uh, proven to be a bit of an issue, and as it is in uh, other parts of the UK. Belfast Zoo has introduced new measures to prevent the spread of bird flu among its flocks, including moving species into enclosed areas. The zoo said it is, its free-roaming bird species have been moved into enclosed habitats, but that all birds can still be viewed by the public. It added that additional precautions have been taken to stop wild uh, wild bird entering into any of its enclosures. Dublin Zoo and uh, Fontino, is it, Wildlife Park in Cork, have also moved their birds indoors. A uh, spokesperson for the Belfast Zoo said, Belfast Zoo follows strict biosecurity measures as required by the Department of the Environment, Agriculture and Rural Affairs and the British and Irish Association of Zoos and Aquariums. Visitors to Dublin Zoo will uh, not be able to see the Humboldt penguin, I think that is, the Chilean flamingo, wallet something or other, ostriches, little egglets, peafowl, citron crested cockatoos, or the Indian runner duck because of uh, the, you know, taking the precautions because of the outbreak. Last month, um, Fontiriva Wildlife Park announced that it was housing its Humboldt, I think it is, penguins and blue-throated uh, macros and closing its deer feeder. Mm. These measures have been taken to reduce the risk of avian uh, influenza, bird flu spreading from migratory birds to the captive populations on the, the wildlife park. Avian flu, also known as bird flu, is a disease that spreads among birds and there have been a number of outbreaks across the UK and Ireland in recent weeks, leading to culls in the, to some of their commercial flocks. Ducks, I imagine it would be. Um, although it is extremely rare, and, uh, the risk to human health is considered very low. Some strains of the bird can pass from birds to people. Just think of COVID then. Earlier in January, US, uh, UK officials rather confirmed that a person living in the southwest of England had caught the bird flu, the first case in the UK in a while. Experts say there was no evidence of onward spread and all close contacts of the person were being monitored. An avian influential, influenza prevention zone will be put up and uh, placed across Great uh, Great Britain on November the 3rd. That uh, was put up last year, November the 3rd last year. And uh, the same measure was introduced in Northern Ireland and the Republic on the 17th. So it is, uh, they're not taking any chances really. And as, because the bird flu decimates you know, the birds, but also it's uh, implications for the human population as well. And still on about animals. This is about red squirrel numbers being hit by planting of non-native trees. Current strategies to conserve and red squirrels are likely to, to be negatively impact on the species, new research has found. Existing schemes promote the planting of non-native conifer trees to help red squirrels survive in Northern Ireland and the Republic. 
Uh, but the study led by Queen's University, Belfast and St Andrews University over in Scotland uh, contradicts that approach. It shows that instead of native predators and native woodland uh, are, the, uh, are the key to the, the animal's uh, survival. The population of red squirrels has been in decline after their in, uh, invasive non-native great cousins were brought to Ireland more than 100 years ago. Uh, efforts have been underway in Northern Ireland to reintroduce the native species. During the research project, academics from the two universities, along with Ulster Wildlife and citizen scientists, used camera uh, traps to survey more than 700 sites across Northern Ireland over a five-year period. They monitored red squirrels, grey squirrels and pine martens. Uh, results showed conifer plantations planted with the intention of protecting the red squirrel are likely to have a damaging imp- impact on the species' survival. Uh, non-native uh, timber, uh, non-native conifer plantation primarily refers to tree farms grown to produce timber. Well, we have sort of pine trees here, basically. The, there are forests which are typically made out of single species planted in rows, more, most often in uh, a North American species uh, called uh, Sitka spruce. They may appear like forests from the outside, but they lack the complexity of natural forests which uh, feature diverse types of trees of different ages and so do not support the same amount of biodiversity. UK and Ireland has some of the lowest forest cover in Europe. Uh, more than 70% of it is made up of non-native timber plantings. That's interesting. Uh, research uh, published on Wednesday also uh, showed increased numbers of pine martens and the, the presence of red squirrels across the habitat and the rest of the landscape because it suppressed a grey squirrel regardless of the habitat. So the red squirrels are kind of wiping out the grey. But this uh, effect is reversed in large non-native squirrel plantations where the pine martin reduced the the occurrence of red squirrels. Uh, This could be due to the lack of alternative prey and lack of uh, refuge for the red squirrel. There was a photograph in it and the piece I printed off. And it was nice. And now we get down to politics. What else? I mean, we're Irish. Politics is life. The big question in Irish politics is how Sinn Féin has become so strong and why have attempts to stem its rise been so unsuccessful? The answer to these questions requires a nuisance understanding of the eminence, the emergence, rather, of the Irish brand of populism, something uh, something our poll today highlights. Rival parties often highlight Sinn Féin's connection to past atrocities with a, a view to dissuading supposedly n- naive young voters. Such a tragedy has failed to have any impact. I think people have kind of over the troubles and see Sinn Féin as a political party as opposed to their political wing of the Irish Republican Army, which is out of business, really. This is because support for the party has relatively uh, little to do with Sinn Féin itself. Um, when its voters were asked why they vote for their party of choice, the most common exp- uh, explanation is their opposition to Fianna Gael and Fianna Gael. You know, I think they've had enough. Kind of, they're not kind of corrupt, but they've been, uh, you know, at the trough for a long time, and it's time for a change, hopefully. And on about COVID, the Irish government is going to pay a basic income to uh, musicians. Approximately 2,000 artists, actors, musicians and other performers are set to be paid a basic income by the Irish government for three years. Consultation on how the basic income for the arts scheme will run has opened. It would provide a specific number of people working in the arts with a payment each week so they can pursue their creative work. 
that's good to hear. A basic payment of uh, 10 euros 50, that's at £8.75, an hour is suggested in the consultation. However, the overall income is yet to be decided. As in Northern Ireland, arts and entertainment venues in the Republic of Ireland were closed for very long periods of time due to COVID. An arts and culture t- uh, task force was set up by the Irish Minister for Tourism and Culture and the Galtac and Sports and Media. Well, that's a lot. Catherine Martin, to suggest ways in which the arts could recover from the unprecedented damage caused by the, uh, the, the pandemic. Its top recommendation was to pilot a basic income scheme for a three-year period in uh, the arts, culture, and audiovisual and live performances and event, sect- uh, event sectors. Uh, Ms. Martin previously said that the Irish government was committing about 25 million euro, it's about uh, 20, nearly 21 million pounds, you know, which is uh, you just double that there to get a, an indication in New Zealand dollars to the scheme, and it would be uh, up and running by in early uh, this year. Many details have now been provided in the consultation, which opened on Thursday and runs until uh, the end of this month, January. And asked for uh, views on details like what the objects of the scheme should be, who should be eligible for the income, how they will be selected, and uh, what the appropriate level of pay should be. While it's not clear exactly how many of those seeking work, uh, those working in the arts and culture will get a payment, a figure of 2,000 people has uh, previously been suggested. Wow. <coughs> Pardon me. According to the consultation, if there are more people eligible for the scheme, uh, then there are places that available, then, then participants will have to be selected at random. That'll be interesting to find out. And a statement uh, Ms. Martin called the basic income for the arts, a once-in-a-generation policy intervention. There have been a number of schemes in Northern Ireland aimed at providing support to people working in the arts uh, and culture. Uh, and, uh, you know, it seems to be working out up there. They're looking after <clears throat> the you know, cultural people, dancers, musicians, etc., etc., artists, the whole lot, just to keep the whole thing alive. Right. And what's taking up a lot of space at the moment in the papers is uh, the Anglo-Irish Treaty. It's, uh, it's centenary. The treaty which set up the Irish Free State was ratified in Dublin exactly 100 years ago. It was a significant step in Ireland's political journey to full independence from Britain. But opinion on the Anglo-Irish Treaty was split, and within six months an Irish Civil War broke out, as we are all aware. Professor Mary Colwyn, a historian at Queen's University in Belfast, regards the ratification as a pivotal moment in Irish history. The deal was passed in uh, the Dublin Parliament uh, by 64 votes to 57 on Saturday the 7th of January 1922. Professor Coleman said there were four votes in it. All we needed was four people to change their minds and uh, we would have had a completely different outcome. Interesting. Uh, the narrow margin demonstrated the, the division in Ireland over the agreement, which was signed at Downing Street on uh, December the 6th of 1921. Irish negotiators Michael Collins and Arthur Griffin argued that the new self-governing Irish Free State offered a pathway to full independence and the reunification of Ireland after the creation of Northern Ireland in 1921. Opponents of the treaty, led by Eamon de Valera, felt it did not go far enough. They wanted uh, a 32-county independent republic and believed the agreement, which uh, included a note to the king, was inappropriate. Uh, The December deal was uh, followed by debates in the the Parliament, the Doyle, by the vote 
but the vote was not taken until the following year. There was a school of thought that had the vote been taken before Christmas, the outcome could have been very different, said Professor Coleman. The debate started in December, took a break for Christmas, and then resumed in January, when a lot of uh, the TDs, the members of the Irish Parliament, went uh, home to their constituents. They came under a lot of pressure from uh, vested interests, particularly the Catholic Church, to support the treaty because they didn't want to see uh, a turn to violence. And it was uh, a very, very, you know, bloody war, that's what you can call it. The treaty was uh, signed six months after the Anglo-Irish War ended with a truce in July 1921. If a deal had been signed by the end of the year, the conflict was expected to resume. Had not been signed, I should say. Uh, The spirit of opinion among politicians remembered in other aspects of life with some families divided on the issue. Before and after the treaty of Bradford, Ireland was gripped by arguments over it and deaths and murders among family members. Professor Coleman said the Catholic Church was very much in favour of the treaty and, if anything, that would bring an end to the violence. The Gaelic Athletic Association kept out of the political side of it, but afterwards, after the Civil War, that is, it was uh, an important force in trying to heal some of those divisions. Uh, The Civil War broke out in the summer of 1922. Before the end of that year, two leading uh, key supporters of the treaty, Michael Collins and Arthur Griffin, were dead. And just uh, Michael Collins was murdered <coughs> uh, by some uh, people I'd have thought he were friends and supporters. And what else we got? This is again about COVID. The army is going to be called in. Like I said, it's really, you know, if you watch the news, you know, sort of foreign news, that is, BBC, Al Jazeera, other channels, and you find out that COVID is rampaging through all of Europe in a massive, you know, a frightening rate. The Ministry of Defence is considering a new request for military support to help the health service deal with COVID-19 pressures. It is understood that upwards of 100 military personnel have been requested by the Health Minister, Robin Swan. The Ministry of Defence agreed to several appeals for assistance during the pandemic. The Department of Health has confirmed it has requested assistance and is now awaiting a final decision by the Ministry of Defence in London. Spokesman for the Health Department said our health and social service is under amazingly severe pressure, which is the same as most other European countries. The current pressures involve a number of, uh, including COVID and wider winter pressures on services and COVID-related staff absences. And the absences are uh, you know, in, impacting on a lot of industries in, that, in Europe. The Minister and Department are uh, liaising very closely with Trust and Board colleagues in relation to the, cu- the current situation. The BBC uh, understands that the number of personnel being questioned is between 100 and 150 and would be a mix of medical and non-medical staff for deployment in Northern Ireland hospitals. Military personnel <clears throat> have been used in earlier stages of Northern Ireland's response to the health emergency. In, tr- uh, in total, more than 500 armed forces Personnel have been deployed in Northern Ireland during the pandemic. <clears throat> One requested 100 medics being sent to the mass evacuation centre uh, in Belfast. That's the SSE arena. For uh, two months at the beginning of 2021, armed forces personnel also worked alongside nurses at three uh, local hospitals. The Ulster Hospital, the Belfast City and the Antrim Area Hospital. So it is... Uh, it's pretty grim, you know, and I think a lot of people are kind of, you know, pleased to see the army, even though some of the, the politicians 
particularly uh, in the north in the assembly were kind of up, you know, they were not quite up in arms, but they didn't think it was such a good move. They had no, you know, I just feel people that have kind of lost the plot, you know what I mean? They were there to help you know, their constituents from dying and getting them to hospital so they could be revived in some way and hopefully live on for a long time. Anyway, that's uh, me for the moment, and I will be back again next week. And like I said before, just pass on if you know anybody that's interested in any sort of Irish news, or even better still, contact the station if you want. You know, they're based here in uh, Palmerston North, in Broadway Avenue. You know, it's either Fraser or else Hugh, who will be more than happy to talk with you, etc., etc. And if you want to come on here and uh, have a bit of crack, you know, with me, about you know your connection to Ireland, I'm more than happy to have you along. Just um, you know, just break up the bit of monotony of reading the news. But if you want to do that, let me know or let them know, and I will be uh, you know more than happy to see you. <clears throat> and uh, you know we can we're flexible with time. I usually do this on a Friday morning, but that's you know it's not set in concrete. I can be flexible. Okay, so take care and enjoy the reasonable sort of weather we're having at the moment. Okay, I'll catch you later. See ya. Support this show and others like it by giving a donation. For more information, go to www.mpr.nz forward slash donate.